Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Reasonably Real. This is Deadite Dave, and joining with me across the table is Catastrophe Caleb. Steady Steve, Steven Senegal, whatever Wait. you're going by now. Definitely can't be Steady Steve. And Maniac Mike. How are we doing in that order? Doing better now that we're not doing an early morning show. I thought you said you only wanted to do the early oh, show. No, thanks. I don't like doing shows as soon as I get off work. Okay. Whatever. I'm ready to go. I mean, let's let's get this. Uh, is, is he crying? Now, what, what do we talk about, David? We don't want to send out butthurt reports. You already got one on you. I'm going to have to have corporate call. Yeah, I've got I've got some uh, some sensitivity training, I guess, coming. Do not make me use the voice and propel this podcast that way. <laughs> use the I think voice. Your pitch will be off. <laughs> Are we talking about the one that they blast in this movie, Dune, on on regular basis? That uh, <laughs> that your oh <laughs> that voice. Can you do you think you can hit that pinch? I need some vice grips. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, if you haven't figured out, we're talking about Dune, not the uh, David Lynch. I should Dune. say, are we talking about Although the David I'll, Lynch I'll film? I'll touch on it because I did watch it, and uh, my thoughts have not changed one bit for that godforsaken film. Um, but before we do that, we're going to get into what we've been watching. So, catastrophe, Caleb. <laughs> what have you been watching? So uh, I've been continuing on my my 31 days of Halloween, my franchise binges. Uh, Got through six Halloween films, Curse of Michael Myers being the last one I've seen so far. Uh, Did you watch the unrated producer, Scott? Everyone on Letterboxd really says good. it's better. It's I can't better. find a version it's of hard. it. It's hard. I, I do have a Blu-ray. I had to use YouTube to, to actually watch Curse of Michael Myers because I couldn't find it on anything else. I'll get you a blue. It was on Peacock, but it was in Spanish, so I couldn't understand it. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, there was no English version. There's of it on no Peacock, way. <laughs> but uh, it was in Spanish. You so. missed an option somewhere yeah, on that. I probably did. Uh, but I finished. I finished off my Friday the Thirteenth franchise watch with the remake and Freddy versus Jason. Those are mm, those what are, a way to end it. Those are movies, I guess. Freddy versus Jason is awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's nostalgia right there, uh, uh, admittedly. But in preparation for our for our Texas Chainsaw franchise discussion next week, I, I watched Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw 3D. Those were movies. Uh, they are films. They are films. Uh, I watched Seance because you guys have talked. You guys and Jody have talked about it a lot. <laughs> so I I went ahead and used my shutter for like the first time in a couple months and, and watched 
say how's the time to be watching shot i know there's so much good stuff there's a lot i just don't have the time I, I really don't have the time that much anymore are you trying to use the voice <laughs> no but i liked i liked seance i thought it was pretty good uh i like i like the feel of it i like the vibe of it kind of like the whodunit Oh yeah, thing. I really enjoy those. And you will love Jallo films. Oh yeah, that's your next step. <laughs> I, I heard in some reviews that it was a lot like a, like supposed to kind of be a, like a Jallo Giallo film. Um, yeah, deep red. Yeah, I watched uh, Dune last night. Went to a showing of it in St. Louis uh, at an IMAX. Oh my up. lands! The IMAX I bet on that was awesome. Yeah, it was nice. Um, Nice, comfy recliners to watch those. So, I, one of the better experiences I've had in a theater. Heck yeah. And then today, about an hour or so beforehand, I ended up watching Sorcerer, which is, I loved it. Uh, it was, it's from the William Friedkin, uh, the director mm-hmm. of Exorcist and uh, The French Connection. The I French Connection. The French. I like it. But, uh, it was suspenseful the entire time. I, I, I've heard people's review on it, and I thought it'd be a very interesting watch. So I bought the Blu-ray. Yeah, it's about twelve bucks on Amazon. I wasn't bad. I wasn't expecting that. Not bad at all. Uh, but it's great. It's I can't I can't remember his name. He's in Jaws. He's the main actor. Uh, uh, Roy Roy Schneider. Mm-hmm. Schneider. Yeah, he's great. Fantastic! I need to see more films with him because he he does a great job. Oh yeah, uh, he does no, a fantastic he's, job. Yeah, he's definitely it's probably one of his era's favorite people. But uh, he's he's done a lot of good films. Yeah, but he's been uh, <laughs> I don't know about people. He's great in jobs. I will he, agree with that. He's in all. He's also in French Connection. So the French Connection. Are we talking about the? 70s film or is there another mm-hmm. one okay alright yeah, yeah there, I'm sure there's a remake I think yeah, there, yeah uh, I think there is uh, I remember that film it's a pretty good film but it I, I didn't know what to go like I've heard some ideas about what Sorcerer is for anyone listening it's not like this magic based fantasy movie it's the name of one of the trucks they use but just four people from different backgrounds uh in South America having to transport two trucks of nitroglycerin. So have fun with that idea of what that movie is. I, I it's it's a big recommend. I, I love it. There's an N sixty four game that does that. Yeah. The point of the game is to not wreck into stuff and get the truck to where it needs to go because it has atomic bombs in the back or nuclear weapons in the back. Oh, yeah. Or you can draw it play big rigs over the road racing and not worry about any of that at all. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to worry about the map because you'll just yeah, fall you'll through. Just it. Fall through. <laughs> But or watch um, a film called uh, Perdita Durango, of which there's a major plot point in that film where they're transporting fetuses in jars. It's it's a thing in that movie. It really is. I don't. I don't. I'm not just saying it for shock value. It's we believe you. Yeah, I believe you. (laughs) It's a great film. That's all I've been watching. All right. Well, before uh, Steady Steve kicks me out. From uh, from the house for bringing up things that offend him. Uh, what have you been watching? Well, where, where do you want me to start? Can you kick him out anyways? I can't. I deserve it. <laughs> okay, I so I'm not. I'm obviously not going to go. I'll just pick out a couple that I would like to talk about. Um, so uh, uh, I'll mention uh, the 2015 soon-to-be classic film. I can't believe I'm the only one at the table that's ever seen it. Uh, Llama Geddon. 
I keep asking David to watch this film so we can talk about it, but it's not going to happen. So I'm gonna uh, watch it. I, I just keep you got to remind me with these like cowgirls and pterodactyls I watched. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think of that one? I forgot about it existed okay. until you said Lamageddon. So, so well, Lamageddon is about <laughs> space aliens that uh, are basically llamas that have glowing eyes that they can, and it's it's something. So um, I, I'm kind of I'm pretty sure David's gonna like this one. I think I will. Um, there's a movie called. Um, um, Karis Hell that it kind of reminds me uh, it's one of the recommended <laughs> where a uh, carousel horse goes to kill people yeah I, I agree sounds like a sci-fi channel original well it, there's it's, a lot of cuts of this film yeah. where they've got like tubes like paper towel tubes that are covered in some kind of cheesy fur or carpet and then they stick like what looks like hooves on them. So that's all you see of the llama a lot of times is these things that somebody is working just off screen that's to punch so people in the face. It's uh, It sounds glorious. It is awful. But the llamas are the only part worth watching. So it's worth, it's worth seeing. I will mention, uh, I see Mike has uh, bought the uh, Legend... Um, Blu-ray remaster from uh, Arrow. I had to. Uh, the um, Legend uh, it's long been one of my favorite films I have to say and uh, it, it's, a, it's a great film um, and this is um, uh, the, this cut's great uh, so I watched both of them because I'd never seen the European cut so uh, the music it does not have uh, the same score it's uh, completely different and uh, it really looks a lot more like uh a production play, I think it's longer. Like it's the director's cut. Yeah, it's uh, no. Well, it's like when <laughs> we was over at the house Sunday, and me and you sat down and watched the the version we all know. I, I, I straight up said that this is the best Shakespeare play. Yeah. you know you can see uh, the European one that's longer looks has a feel of more of the play than even that one does. It sounds like it'll put me to sleep. Uh, honestly, I do like. The Tangerine Dream, uh, the American version, better. Yeah, I'll it's, be honest. One thing is short. Can, I think it'll. I think it'd be cool to watch, and I know that there's a lot of people that actually prefer that cut. But yeah, if I, if I get a choice between Tangerine Dream or not Tangerine Dream, I'm choosing Tangerine Dream. The score. The score is pretty good, <laughs> but it's just built a little. The film is built a little different for one thing in that movie. The 30 minutes doesn't add. Well, it's 20 some minutes. It doesn't add a tremendous amount to the film. Um, also, but one of the better things about it is, is it builds suspense for darkness really well. So That's cool. uh, darkness doesn't appear till the very end of the film, really. Um, cool. So there are some good things about it, but man, the cut looks great, especially once you get to the castle. Uh, the scenes where you're inside the castle is amazing. I mean, Ridley yeah. Scott always does sets wonderful. And this film, I mean, they, they uh, they're, Arrow rocks their releases yeah. pretty hard. Now, there's glitter everywhere in this film, so it, it's well worth. <laughs> it is sparkling. Uh, uh, it's sparkling. Yeah. The Dune, Milan, Dune, right? Yeah. The Milan yeah. has traveled. <laughs> yeah. So uh, either way, uh, that's well worth checking out. And if you're if you're one of uh, one of the people that have never seen uh, Legend, the Ridley Scott film, you know, it's worth uh, checking it out. I'll check. Get you a copy and check that film out. It's one of the better fantasy films out there. 
It's really good. I do mm-hmm. do like this one for sure. I'd prefer Troll 2, but in the pantheon of of great fantasy films, but but um, Legends so of Just the- Touch It, Dave. Just, just, <laughs> just touch. It's okay. Just touch. To those uh, that don't understand that stop reference, stop on hospitality. Uh, there's uh, a scene of which a uh, grandpa in this film wants the young child to just touch it. I still think. And then the most, next scene is with the boys. The boys. Yeah, the yeah, boys. The boys. Yeah. yeah all, if you I, haven't I, seen I, Troll Two, it's yeah. it's iconic. It's it's something. Yeah, yeah. It's something. I love that. Movie. I love the I love the <laughs> corn cob scene when the when the, <laughs> when the when the goblin prank queen shows up to seduce one of the boys, who obviously doesn't really like women, but he falls for it, and uh, so uh, she's for some reason has the ear corn with her. And it, the friction and the heat of the moment create popcorn. Yeah, called that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that film. It's it's worth a watch. <laughs> yeah, Claudio Claudio Fragrasso is a uh, interesting director. He went on to do Night Killer and Evil Dead Five. Yes, yes, that exists. It's uh, uh, a so part of the house. Um, because Evil Dead, like Dawn of the Dead, followed an Italian route of uh, of going off to of the Italian spinoffs. Well, which well, Ghost House and Witchery like, were next. Is it like Jaws Five? Yes, it's okay. the, in that very same realm. See, we we've discussed it. The Succomatic universe, universe all starts usually with one of the three trifectas from Italy. Claudio Fragrasso, Joe Diamato. <laughs> and often all of them. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all they're all worked on films at some point together. Uh, yeah, Sorry. That's, 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 a film to, that's a film to see for sure. Okay. Uh, if you so what else have you been watching? So, uh, sorry about that, Mike. So, uh, the only thing I'm going to mention other than that is Midnight Mass. Uh, I did complete this film. Uh, my brother, I think, is ashamed of me a little bit. I, I care what I care about his opinion. Uh, I, I just don't. I don't think um, if he judges you for watching a movie, then I don't care. I, I just will, remember, if he hears this, I told him not to watch it. Yeah, uh, Mike. Mike did kind of warn me, but I, I really did kind of want to see it. Um, I am not offended by this film. It is so anti-Christian in its message that. Uh, you can't. I don't think you can help but see the the hidden. It's not even a hidden message. The message is really not anti-Christian. It's anti. Anti. Don't be a butthole. It's anti-extremism. Anti-cultic. Yeah. It's it's what it is. Uh, I'm not saying it's a film that should be watched by everybody. Go into no, it understanding and be, and be careful with the with the message of the film. There are some people that are that are turned off and offended by this film, and I get it. I'm not saying they're wrong. Uh, I was not. I'm just cautious about that one. So, sure. No, uh, I mean you know, I I want I can I think that's valid. My my the only beef to to clarify was he hadn't seen the show, so there's very little perspective. I'd really only care about the perspective from someone who's seen it that can speak on the themes. So, like, I think there's a validity in the... Yes, yeah, and and the validity in the themes if you've seen it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, there is no no doubt that the film can be offensive. Uh, Maybe I'm just desensitized a bit. Um, You know, I I don't know. As far as the film goes, it, it is... 
I don't, it's not as good as the Haunting of Hill House, which stands as the top of that heap and probably will never get knocked off from him. Uh, but it's it's not bad. I, I see here, actually, that I've rated this an eight, and I'm somehow, I, I meant to rate it a nine, actually. So oh, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move it up. The quality is there. And oh, whenever awesome. you really get to this, I, I, I would really like to sit around with some like-minded, very mature Christians and discuss the themes of what happens whenever you don't use discernment See, I think, in a church setting. I and, think and, you know, exactly. So you That's get, what I you, see in it. This church allows heresies to come in. Yeah, it was they, they twisted the word of God is yeah. what it was. So, and then they found they, they twisted and molded it yeah. to its I, way. I think I think that's the message I think you caught on to it. Yeah, I think it's more mean spirited towards Catholicism because Catholicism you still uses some for a high church, what what I would call high church, still uses some Latin. In the old days, of course, the priests read Latin and they were the only ones who had a Bible. So it was pretty easy to do the rank and file. Mm-hmm. And that's what wound up happening. That's how you wound up with a lot of heresies within the Catholic Church prior. We're talking hundreds of years ago. Uh, I think that's really the message that this is speaking to. Or they've decided just to go directly at uh, what's the church in Kansas? Westboro. Westboro. Uh, They've decided to attack that one with this. It's that kind of thing that they are really speaking of. Because it's so confrontive and over the top that normal, normal church does not work in that realm. Well, I so. think I think it maybe. I think it's definitely um, not quite to that level. I think they hide it better. The church hides it in, in a much better way than the Westboro, the, who are just hateful. Right. Um, which is a, a different thing here. I think they mask it with with the Word of God, which makes it more dangerous, which I think is the fascinating thing uh-huh. about this. I, I believe if you this, read Westboro, they did the same. This does feed into, and I'm not like putting anybody down, but this does also feed into, uh, there's some people that just flat out refuse to respect and like religion, uh, no matter what it is, you know, because uh, it deals with not only Christianity, but there is also some uh, some Muslim religion in this show as well, yeah, uh, with the, the sheriff and his son and um, you know the the conflicts that, that that ensues there, and I thought that was actually pretty interesting. The the ideologies, you know, you learn a little bit about you know everybody and everything, uh, but there are some people out there that are just like, yep, all uh, all Christians are like this. They're all stupid. They're all pieces of crap, and that is no. a dangerous idea. Don't. I'm, yeah, all I'm going to say is don't paint with that broad brush. That's not true. Yeah, I agree. So, it, it, but it is for a, a discerning audience. That's all I'm going to talk about. I all right. Too many other films, and it's been months since I've been on here. Um, I've watched a few movies this week. Um, I switched uh, shifts at work. I've been a career night shift person, and then, like, I went in for night shift on Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday they told me to work days, and I've been on days ever since. So, um, my 13 days of Halloween kind of got put on the back burner so I could sleep. Uh, but I did start that today, and I, I titled it the Better Late Than Never edition. Um, and uh, so we'll start off with uh, – it's not actually giving me all my all my movies. All right, whatever. Um, started off with uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I watched this. I remember renting this from Town of Country. 
whenever it first released back in 2005. And uh, I remember not really liking it too much back then because I think I wanted more of an exorcism story. But when you sit down and watch this movie, this is a court drama movie. Yeah. Um, and I actually like that spin and that take of telling the exorcism story through a court trial. Um, I, I do recommend this movie. Uh, it is good. I give it an 8 out of 10. The acting's well done. The court drama is pretty good. Um, even for somebody who's not well versed in the legal system, I know more than probably a lot of people, but far less than than some. Um, I, I can spot some things that just won't wouldn't ever fly. Yeah. Um, and and I, that bugs me in a court drama, um, especially with having jobs that have been in courtrooms over the years. Sure. But um, overall, they did a fantastic job. Uh, and then flashing back to the exorcism and what actually happened. Uh, there's some pretty disturbing scenes. The exorcism scene does go pretty in depth. Uh, it is pretty graphic, violent, brutal. Um, you know, you really feel for this family, this girl, what was happening. Um, and how it all ends up is oddly satisfying. If that makes any sense, you just got to watch the movie. Uh, this is based on a true story. If you want a true horror story, go back and watch the true uh, story. There's all kinds of little uh, mini documentaries about it on uh, YouTube. Um, and this was based, I, I do believe, Germany. It was somewhere in Europe in the late 70s that this actually did take mm-hmm. place. A version of this took place. Um, and that poor girl and family, just, I'll leave it at that. Uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose, 8 out of 10. Uh, that was day one of 13 days of Halloween. And then uh, The Exorcist 3 was uh, day two. Uh, and this is a worthy entry, unlike uh, Exorcist 2, which is absolute dog crap. Uh, Exorcist 3 takes the spin of a police procedural looking for a murderer that is supposedly dead um, or locked up. And uh, so it kind of takes that spin and it works pretty well. I will say that it got kind of slow and boring for me in the middle part. Yeah, um, I can see it. it. It couldn't hold my interest. And I did have a little bit of problem with the ending, but I can't really go into it because it would be spoilers and this and that. So I'll just leave it. It's a 7 out of 10. It is a worthy entry. I did enjoy it. Um, has some good acting. Has some good police procedural moments. Um, and for horror fans, I, I think it's a it's a good movie. Uh, next one I'll talk about, day three, was Insidious Chapter 2. Uh, I forgot how good this movie was. Me and Dead-Eyed Dave and the wife actually went and seen this in theaters when it came out back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all left and like, yeah, hey, that's a good time. Yeah. You know, we, we all love the first Insidious film. Um, if I'm pretty sure that's pretty universally <laughs> loved by all yeah. people. That's true. Uh, Steady Steve over here probably likes the first Insidious. Um, don't remember ever seeing it. I, I, think I, like I remember it. you saw it. Did I, did um, I like it? You watched it with me. It's yeah, clean. It. It's scary. I, I, it's it. same guy did the Conjuring movies. Uh, and it's that type of vibe kind of but uh anyways insidious 2 uh picks up right where insidious 1 uh leaves off which is kind of a shame but because i think insidious 1 they wasn't planning on making any more movies yeah so they ended it the way they did and then they're like oh that made the money we need to make more of the monies yeah and so here comes insidious 2 well they already kind of painted themselves into a corner after the first one so they kind of had to you know, weave a story around what happened. And I think it was pretty successful. Yeah. Um, and it also has some good scares. They kind of move the story uh, to the husband's uh, mom's house, the mother-in-law's house. Uh, 
and I really like old houses like that. It has, you know, um, uh, old wood creek, old creaky mm-hmm. wood floors, uh, you know, crown molding, old wood. You can tell that this house is, is solid, you know, built probably 100, 200 years ago. Uh, it's got old furniture in it. It really lends to the atmosphere of the film. Uh, there, there's some really cool uh, scares going on uh, that happen with some children's toys and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, kind of the dichotomy is something new and bright and flashy in a house like that. I don't know. It really works. Uh, so the atmosphere is really good. I give this movie a 7 out of 10. It is a slight step down from one, but it's still well worth uh, its place in the franchise. And, and the uh, characters take a step up to really give to shine that uh, yeah. that uh, lore that kind of builds later mm-hmm. in the series. So I do like that. Yep. So Insidious 2, it's worth a watch. Um, and then Day 4, which I haven't fully caught up on my reviews yet, so I'm going to leave it off on Day 4. But uh, Day 4 was Demons 2. Um, and if you're a fan of Demons 1, you're going to be a fan of Demons 2 because it's dang near the same exact movie. With a TV. <laughs> just in an apartment building. <laughs> I mean, the Siege narrative is in a parking garage now instead of a movie theater. It does lack kind of the the touch and the, the panache of the first one. You know, like the, the yeah. setup of that first one kind of had something special. It kind of really, you know, with uh, Michelle Sayovi and the, the metal mask yes. in the first one. Uh, it's, it's missing the little touches like that. But overall... It's a great time. Has some great practical effects. Uh, Demon babies. Uh, you gotta love it. It's an eight out of ten. Uh, this one is only for horror fans, however. And then uh, obviously I did watch Dune, and uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. So, Dave, what have you been watching? Heck yeah, man! I've been watching a metric ton of different things, um, but I'm gonna go ahead and breeze through them pretty quickly. And yeah. Good stuff. Hold on. <laughs> I, I lost my spot because I was looking at Dune information, but I got it back here. We started off with most of the Texas Chainsaw films. I'm not going to talk about them because we're going to review them shortly. Um, so really, I only have two then. Um, brings me to Dune 1984, which if you would like, I can cover that before we actually start talking about 2021 Dune. No need. Okay, I'll get into it now then because there are some interesting things. So I watched the um, the version on HBO Max, which I do think is an HD restoration, probably from the Arrow version. And it polished a turd pretty well. Um, this thing's rough. Man. <laughs> um, so I watched it ahead of this one. I think I think Steven Senegal actually liked this movie for a good I, while, uh, which, which surprises me. I do like the film. Uh, it's it's not a great film, but I find it I, I find it entertaining. It surprises me on this one, but it probably the time you watched it, you know, makes sense and everything. I I think the special effects are strange. Um, some of the decisions they make with the lore to cut it down um, is strange. Obviously, this won't encapsulate the whole book. They planned on doing another sequel with David Lynch. It didn't take long to figure out that that wasn't necessary because of the critical reception. And uh, basically, David Lynch should have never directed this movie. <laughs> and um, that's pretty well known at this point that this is to Lynch. The only, he calls this his, own, his mistake. He, he wish he never did it, um, which makes a lot of sense. Basically, 
the producers were at odds with what he wanted to do, which was something very weird. Again, it's David Lynch. So the sun rises in the morning. But still, you know, if you hire David Lynch, you're going to play your stupid game. You might want to take your stupid prize. Let him do what he's going to do with it and run with it, because instead it feels like Lynch on a leash. (laughs) And it just doesn't work. It is, well, and, 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 and it doesn't be, work. And to be fair, David Lynch, honestly, would have probably been a pretty good choice if they would have let him do his film. Exactly. The, the yeah. book is is weird. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's strange. And this uh, movie, the new one's strange. Very strange. Yeah. It's a little more mainstream than what Lynch was making. But, but still, still probably going to be strange. viscerally compatible to mainstream audiences, honestly. Yeah. Well, which we'll get into, but... But, um, yeah, I, I hear you. I'm not dissing it too bad. I get the limitations of the time, but it's rough. I mean, at this point, you had two Star Wars movies. Lynch turned down the third one because um, there was rumors that he was supposed to helm that movie. Told George Lucas, I don't want to do that. That's your movie. Um, I'm going to do Dune. And he screwed up. <laughs> well, I'm glad he didn't do Star Wars either. Uh, I, mean, I don't think he'd have done good with that either. But who knows? Now, Alejandro Hodorowsky was supposed to do a version of Dune that they scrapped because he was way too ambitious. The guy who did, like, The Holy Mountain, El Topo, some great art films. And there's a wonderful documentary called Hodorowsky's Dune, which really is worth watching. Because the dude's vision for Dune is awesome. Um, like, it was going to be cool. But it was, like, five hours long, and they were like, hell no. <laughs> like, he had all this stuff planned out, and, and the producers were like, it's not happening, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know. I wasn't there at the time. You know, it'd be nice to be a fly on the wall. But if you're going to try to do Dune, then you're going to have to have more than one. Or you're just going to have to break it. Well, and you're yeah. going to have to end the whole court intrigue at the beginning and just put them on the crazy planet and start it there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, some of this other stuff you don't even need. Um but that wouldn't make the movie do. I think it that makes it very a, interesting. A bad yeah. movie is getting too much attention. I don't think it's that bad. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't been on it that long, man. I have two films to talk about. Give me five. Give me my bad. five minutes. So, Next up, I watched a movie called um, Titan or uh, Titan in French and. Dad, oh my lands! You think you would think this movie's the devil? Holy crap! I watched it. <laughs> It's a uh, it won the Palme d'Or uh, from Cannes uh, Film Festival for best movie, um, and I can't get this out of my mind. It is very good. It's from uh, uh, Julia de Cornau. I I'm guarantee you I butchered the name, but she she's best known for Raw, which is a phenomenal horror film, mm-hmm. um, and this is also a body horror movie with crash vibes. Um, Cronenberg's Crash, not the bad one, um, vibes, and yes, it's awesome. It's really good. Uh, Mike, I think you'll like it, but this, I haven't seen a movie this transgressive on purpose in a long time. Like, this movie is one of those, that, that if someone rented this at Redbox, I guarantee you they're getting corporate emails about it. Like, <laughs> and it's not the content just, it's how weird this movie is. It is weird and willing to go there. It's more willing to go there than Cronenberg was in a way. Like it's that strange. It, uh, I could not believe what I was seeing. I was confused, conflicted through most of it. 
I haven't been able to escape it. I will watch it again. It is on iTunes. I bought it. Um, so good stuff. Uh, stay, Steve. Don't be curious about this. Anytime I hear Cronenberg, I tune in. It's not Cronenberg, but oh. you like Cronenberg's movies. Well, I liked one of them. I think you've liked a few, but but no, it's it's just an it, uh, I said it was from the director of Raw, <laughs> but uh, either way, uh, great movie. I highly recommend it. And um, yeah, that's all I've been watching. Besides, I watched the entire Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise this week. So yay! So uh, we're gonna be right back to talk about Dune. Welcome back, and we're here to talk about Dune. We're going to be moving through this feature review just a little bit quicker than we typically would. Um, so my voice is going to be even quicker for those that are on two times. You're really not going to be able to understand me now because we have some tornado, potential tornado issues going on here. So, uh, yeah, we need to get it done before it touches ground. So either way. Movies go first, though. We see, Everybody sees where yeah. our priorities are. Yeah, where our priorities are awesome. Cool. We're, we're here to talk about Dune. We are in a basement. Uh, yeah, true. We're about in the safest place you could possibly be. Yep. Um, so let's get into this thing. Dune is a 2021 movie that had been delayed, um, but here we are. We finally have it. Um, it's directed by Denis Villeneuve, um, wonderful director. I think one of the best that's currently making films, doing such films as Arrival, um, Blade Runner 2049, Prisoners, and many more, mm. uh, starring Timothy Chalamet in the lead role as Paul. Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, <laughs> um, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem. I mean, this is a cast. Zendaya. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. she is. She is not a whole lot in it, but she's in it. And uh, Batista is also in it a little bit, and he's my boy. I like him. So, uh, but either way, um, and it's got some interesting things going on with it. So, uh, Catastrophe Caleb, what are your thoughts on this film? Uh, I loved it. I haven't really seen a sci-fi film kind of like this, like actually like in space uh, in recent years that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I did get to go see it in IMAX last night. Yeah. Um, what an experience. It oh, was, I it was amazing. Um I, my only complaint it's not a complaint about the film it's a complaint about him. I have an old person hearing um, half the time the music was a little loud and I couldn't understand what some people were saying um, some of the words they were using some of the terms and phrases sure. but that's because I've never read the book I've never even seen the original film um, yeah I mean, so I a lot of this you. was new to me I knew yeah. what spice was I knew what er, or sandworms were before going into it yeah but that was it this was a brand new experience for me. I'm really, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of articles saying that it's not, it's too big for your TV. They shouldn't have put it on a streaming service so early. I Because they should tell people to go to the theaters first. Um, that, and I agree. And I'm not trying to be mean. This this is definitely going to be similar to Blade Runner 2049, which some people vehemently hated um, because of its ambition, scope, and kind of pace. I think that's gonna. This is gonna have a similar reaction from mm. some too. So I, I think the theater crowd is probably the ones who are most likely to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot to that. But um, no, I, I agree with you. I'm. I am 
interested in how this would play at an IMAX, although our screen was pretty good, and they definitely bumped up the volume, thankfully. It was pretty loud, actually. It was. So, it was cool, though. So it was nice. Uh, you guys see theater. We saw it at AMC. Downhill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we were We were like, all right. <laughs> that <laughs> sound was going. It was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, got four, four, us four or five, four. Yeah, there was and, five and people. One total. guy. Yeah, yeah one, it sounded like the dude had sleep apnea or something because I think he was snoring towards the end of it. And he was no, like, he was doing that before the movie started too. I don't know. Like it was creepy, honestly. It, it was almost like the the. <laughs> there's I think a, he was just doing a Stalin's Cars Garden. Pressure. Maybe. <laughs> that dude was a scene stealer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, unlike. Uh, I agree. Unlike one of the problems the original Dune had, some of it was just pretty goofy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that particular case, the, the character who I don't that have it up goofy. now was he was just too goofy. Now the I Baron thought, here is way yeah, better. I, much better. Now I thought Sting played a great part in the '84. I did too. Other film, but the Baron in that one was uh, yeah. just bizarre. But this thing was, you know. He was Skarsgård played great part. Yeah, it's completely different vibe. Like it, I it think is. this is very much closer to the book and vibe because I don't think the book's goofy. I do think it takes itself pretty seriously and its themes of you know war, um, you know obvious house battles, things like that, political um, you know themes are, are rampant in the book and uh, I think are a lot better translated here. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely glad you liked it for sure. So, say, Steve, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's a terrible film. That, uh, <laughs> that doesn't, uh, what? Stop lying. I lied. So, uh, no, I mean. We're not, uh, we're not talking about the David Lynch film. We're talking about the new one. I, actually, yeah. as I said, I actually am okay with the David Lynch film. <laughs> it's not a great film by any stretch, but it's it's worth seeing. I told you to see it because mm-hmm. I think yeah. this, I think it's interesting to contrast the stories and oh, yeah. look at it. Uh, you know, it's the source material watch. is yeah. such a difficult thing oh, my to try to uh, put on the screen. That's what's admirable um, about the movie, yeah. though. It presents it in a more, almost easier to digest way, I think, yeah. because that, that book is dense, to say the it's least. It's very dense. Um, uh, it's, you know. it's a tome, and I, I am going through it again. I'm about halfway through, I which just, is significant. I've yeah. spent a lot of time reading it. I just bought halfway it. Through I just it. bought it yesterday. It's a phenomenal so, book. I'm, I'm it's ready to start. Great. I see. I didn't. I don't think it's a real page turner. Like, I love it. Like though. the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings. I did. I think the Lord of the Rings. See, the, I, I'm more into sci-fi than I am fantasy. So the Lord of the Rings, I thought, was dense in a slow way. I don't think well, it's this. That way. This also has the fantasy vibe to it, just For sure. because of the. Well, the uh, Fremen and everything like I, that. I guess is this somewhat. is a slight spoiler, but there's no computers. Yeah. No. Anywhere in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the what? What did they call it? The Balhat Jihad that happened, you know, mm-hmm. a number of thousands of years ago, where they destroyed all the computers. The closest thing they have to any sort of like big technology was the the like the books, the visual books, where he's just learning yeah. all this history. Yeah, Paul, him being Paul. Yeah, because he has like this little what would be like a projector, and he's watching the history so he can learn stuff. And I'm, even that's like that's the, about the. Yeah, maximum right. like mm-hmm. personal technology they have. Yeah. A lot of their stuff is really kind of retro. They have, yeah, they have like compasses yeah. and they have other things. Like it's it's pretty now advanced well, versions of advanced it, versions. Sure. Yeah, but I, it's, I do it's, think that it's important to realize that the book is not 
a book was done a long time ago as well. Yeah, it is old. It's it's an older book. So it, it took a different approach than maybe a contemporary book, uh, Space Odyssey, which was supposed to be very modern and futuristic. Yeah. This book tried to really kind of keep it grounded which, into more of a, almost an apocalyptic, a post-apocalyptic sense. Sure. Uh, using other worlds and that, uh, which makes it such unique, such an interesting yeah. character. And or, it or almost makes the base story of Dune timeless. It does. Because like you go back and watch, let, let's take Star Trek, for instance, in the late 70s, mid, uh, mid to late 70s. Yeah. Right. Like the way they talk and the way they look at technology is very, very dated nowadays. But the way Dune does it is not. Yeah, you're right. Because... Of the the lack of computers, you know they have right. mintats now, um, which they show mm -hmm. a min a couple mintats within the film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's fascinating how they how it, how it's aged over time, mm -hmm. and I think it is it has aged really well because of that. I think it has. I yeah. think it's such. It's, but yeah, I, I I think that the book itself lends to the timelessness of the story. It's the reason why it's so beloved. Yeah, no, it really is. It works out extremely well in that sense. And I, I feel like this movie's pretty modern in its approach. Like, obviously, visually, it's very modern. And it looks modern, mm -hmm. like the world and, and things. It looks futuristic. And I, I think what you said is interesting because you're right, and it's a big plot point. But at the same time, I think people could completely ignore that and be like, yeah, it's still future. Like, yeah. you may not even yeah. notice that there isn't computers. Because yeah. it looks so unique and, and strange mm -hmm. in that sense. Yeah. Um, um, I, I want to hit on something you said with the visuals. Um, and admittedly, I heard this in a review after I watched the movie and after I put up my review. Uh, so I'm kind of stealing this idea, and I uh, um, it was a woman reviewing it on YouTube, and she did a great job. But she said the scale that Vil, uh, Villeneuve uses is what makes his movies grand. And I got to thinking about that, like what what she meant by that. And this movie is the the epitome of that. Whenever something huge on screen is there, you always see a person. It's, it's always focusing yeah, on a scale. person. And so his, his use of scale, uh, I, the, you were talking about the, the modern visuals, and yeah. this is a very modern way of doing it, but, man, it looks so amazing. Right. Oh, it's It's one of the gorgeous. best looking movies yeah. I've ever seen. And it's not Roger Deakins. This is... Uh, no, this is... I was just it, looking at uh, it. It's the um, use of Greg light. Frazier, who yeah. did stuff like Let Me In and some really great yeah, films. Yeah. And the use of light. Like, the, the, there's, there's moments in it where... It goes from like a really dark setting to a really light setting. Yeah. And it's a bit surprising. It kind of takes you, kind of catches you off guard, but I feel like that's what the character's experiencing is getting caught off guard. Yeah. You're totally right on that. And I think, and another big element, I think, to those big moments that overwhelm you on purpose is Hans Zimmer's score right. is so strong. And you, I, I was kind of joking about that sound in there, but. Like it's really cool yeah. audio cue like throughout the movie, and it blasts you. So you need to watch this aloud because it it's you really feel like these moments are huge. Yeah. You know these moments are grandiose. Yeah, and um, like mix that with just cinematography, the music, the editing is great. Of course, the direction's incredibly confident. You don't see many directors willing to take these risks on these bigger budgets, and the producers need commended. 
for consistently working with this guy who has to be losing them buckets of money in favor of great, you know, reviews uh, from people and, you know, love and admiration from hardcore movie fans, which you have to have for your studio to be successful. These are passion projects. I think they also see, yes, his movies are usually box office failures. And unfortunately, Dune will probably be the same way. Yeah, I think it's made 50 million domestically. Yeah, that's a quarter of its budget. Yeah, and you want to make double that realistically to be uh, viable. Uh, Especially a movie that's been sitting in a can for this long, you know. Uh, But you you look at some of his big movies, Arrival um, being one of the big ones. Like, I I don't think it did very well in theaters, but you look back on Arrival, and that is considered a modern science fiction masterpiece. Yeah. For good reason. It is a modern science fiction masterpiece. That movie's freaking amazing and then Blade Runner 2049 actually the consensus has really cooled on that movie there's a lot of people that have kind of turned on it and said that it's not very good I disagree Um, I still think it's good but he has this track record of making movies that don't do very well in the box office but then they just pick up steam and uh, a lot of his movies are going to become classics cult classics science fiction classics Um, you know and he's very good at adapting science fiction stories onto film. I agree. I agree. I mean, he's just the, the track record is, yeah. is really strong here. And this is totally different than either one of those two movies, too. Yep. This is probably uh, just a polar opposite of most of the stuff he's done. Mm-hmm. Although you can totally see that it's Denis and his, and his style and his willingness to embrace pace, which I love. Some people are going to call this slow. I think it's... I think it's brilliant in its pace. I think it hits all the right moments. You get your action, you get all that. But it's not afraid to slow down and give you character moments. Like early on in the movie, a conversation between um, the father and son of Atreides was a wonderful scene where you really build these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're this, talking about being a leader. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that scene. And it's it's just great. And um, just those, those bits where he's willing to take the time to do those things really make this a cut above because yes, he could probably make more money making this a super big space epic. That's got plenty of shooting and bang, bang, but that that's not what he wants to do. And I come in that. It does have a lot of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, there is a pretty large scale battle that does take place. Um, and it looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, one of the better, like quote unquote space battles that I've seen in the movie. And, Josh Brolin in this movie is a bamf. Um, that dude is awesome. So, and Jason Momoa as well. Uh, he does a great job. Yeah, I love Dakota, him. Idaho. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a review that Some asked, interesting names in this. Uh, yeah, I've seen a review that asked if he was a long, uh, like a, a long range descendant of Indiana Jones. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with that because in my mind, that works. Yeah, well, because <laughs> we, me, Chris and I talked about it on the way home. It's like you have this, like you have a child who you think's the chosen one, and you you has this untapped potential, and you name him Paul. Yeah, I said, well, look, Star Wars named their Mary, their main character Luke. I don't well, want to hear anything. To, to be fair, I, I imagine that that was a conscious decision with yeah. all the weirdness mm-hmm. of of from the the writer yeah. here to. Kind of um, some, give you someone you can, and, he, and he's the most relatable character in a way. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I think that's the point. You know, to give maybe a bit of that, like 
I don't know about you, but I relate to Duncan Idaho. You know, Duncan Idaho's cool. chiseled from stone, strapping, handsome young man. What type of stone? What type of stone we're not going to talk about? And and to be fair, I like what they did with Paul's character more, even than Kyle (laughs) McLaughlin in the original film. Um, where Kyle McLaughlin is doesn't really fit the true narrative of I think what Paul was yep. at all in that original movie. I think Timothy Chalamet kind of rocked it out yeah. here. I, th- I think this was probably closer to what I would envision that character would have been like. Uh, so I think he's interesting to say the least. Uh, I just looked it up. Dune's grossed two hundred twenty million so far. Yeah, that would have to be worldwide. Yeah, that's worldwide. yeah yeah domestically. I think it's like fifty. Um, which is still pretty good. I mean, yeah, not they're not going to be too mad about that. Uh, you know, passion projects totally sure. one week with too, streaming so. numbers yeah. too. Because there's there's a whole bunch of people that want to see it again. It looks so. Yeah, it, it was yeah. it was yeah. more busy Friday and Saturday when I looked over at the mm-hmm. theater. You know, so um, I mean, this is is a movie made for the big screen. It needs yeah. to be experienced. It, it it'd be probably one of the greatest travesties of all time in movie history, at least. If, it's if not the second us. one isn't completed, yeah, it that would has suck. to be. Yeah, and that's the only reason I gave it a nine. Yeah. Is it's not? I think it's a ten for me in all regards. I think it deserves it. I just can't give a fully incomplete movie, which I think this has an ending ish. <laughs> like if if we had to end it there, at least they ended it somewhat, you know. But. Well, uh, I, th- I think, yeah, go see this so we can get a sequel, please. I, I was talking to Caleb about this earlier. If you've read the books, which I haven't read them all, but I've read all of the mainline ones. Yeah. The mainline story kind of ends how this movie does. It's just yeah. like, oh, this happens. We're done. Yeah. And it like how we ended here. We're like, oh, well, no, wait, this has got to happen and that's going to happen. And th- that's how the actual story ends, you know, through the books. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, he did it in Frank Herbert style. Yeah, he did. You got to give him that. I vibe with it. So. So, apparently, the book that I read wasn't the just the first edition. No, no. What what he's saying is that the ending of Dune itself. Yeah, the, the ending of the series. It's not this. Books. It's not where it ends here. He's oh, saying, he's okay. saying it... Uh, no, it ends. Yes, abruptly. Children of Dune and, and, and all those, the, the, okay. the continuation. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, which is true. It does end a bit abruptly. But yeah, so so my ranking is pretty high. Caleb, what's your ranking for this? I, I gave it on Letterboxd, I gave it five out of five. five. It, okay. It's, I, I thoroughly think sci fi, like outer space kind of sci fi, is a very untapped genre that doesn't have. A lot of great part like Alien and Star Wars, those are fantastic. I look, don't give me that look. I I see that look before, but things like this, I thoroughly enjoy. I, I want more things like this. That's Silent Hill going on. Oh. Oh. oh, I'm having PTSD at the hospital. <laughs> the tornado siren uh, down the street from my house is going off. So, uh, uh so, Steady Steve, what are your thoughts on this one? It's dead. Cool. It's the mo- it's it is the event of the year that we've been waiting on, yeah. and it lived up to all the hype. It is one of the most gorgeous. Oh yeah, films. It definitely hit the I, hype, and I couldn't believe it because my hype was high. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, and and it, it's just it's hits on all the right cylinders. I, I you couldn't ask for a better director. 
Uh, I could have asked for Roger Deakins maybe, but it's still the most beautiful film that I've seen in a while. Um, The um, so many, so many good scenes. So, yeah, um, this movie's loud, bombastic, in your face. It is slightly pretentious. Um, Yeah, it could be seen that way. Yeah. Yeah, and but it's all to a point. It's excessive. And it's it, it really it's it really it's is yeah. glorious. I th- I I I agree with you. This well, is it, a it, it this takes is... its source material, yeah. which is all of those things, mm-hmm. and it it makes it accessible. It's, okay, I'm, you know me. I'm, I'm the huge. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. Hobbit fan. They destroyed the Hobbit book that should be shot. But either way, the Lord of the Rings oh, is a great film. The books are better though. Yeah. This actually, to me, so far, is actually better than I, the book. I, I agree. I, I would. Uh, by the way, I give this movie a ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree. I would actually watch this before I would read the first half right. of Dune again. Yeah, and it's. It, it, but it's the same time. It's got. It 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 does what the book yeah. does. It yes. fulfills the source material mm-hmm. better than most anything I've ever seen. It's it's some of the most faithful recreation you're ever going to get. Obviously, there's a lot of crap left out because this is a tone. Oh, but, yes. I mean, yeah. they, they are so far getting everything and that you And this wasn't need. too long. Two and a half hours. No. I didn't feel the length. I, I mean, think the next I, one's going to be four. I, 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 I felt it a little bit just because it, despite being in a recliner, it was a tad uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, quick mean, PSA, if you're going to go watch this in theaters, based on my personal experience, don't bring your five-year-old child with you. That's pretty stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially when your showing ends at midnight. I'm just going to give that out as a quick recommendation yeah, um, because that, that pulls you out of it a little bit. Yep. Uh, Ignorant. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen them at least do a half an hour on the Benny Jesuit um, breeding programs, but you can't have it all. I am hoping. I am hoping that they do bring a little bit more to the table on that angle. Yeah, Sherry on the way home had a lot of questions, and I said, you're going to have to wait. I mean, some of this stuff, I don't know how they're planning to bring it, uh, you know. So it'll get the the second half of the original Dune film (laughs) does bring the Benny Gesserits out a little more. I think this this one will follow that. Actually, this film really does kind of follow it the does. movie as well. Yeah, it's it's I mean, almost I, I, scene for scene in the movie, although it just puts it to shame. Yeah, it, it does. It does go, hey, Lynch, I've looked up to you my whole life probably because I guarantee you Denise a fan of David Lynch. I'm probably, probably. Um, An ambition and willingness of going full art house. And he goes, but sorry, buddy. You know, it's that picture. It's that meme of Master Splinter holding the hands of the little little turtles. And then now it's Denny holding the hand of David Lynch going past. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's that's harsh, but okay. I kid. It's a joke because Lynch is still making phenomenal works of art like Twin Peaks The Return. Yeah. But that's one in ten years. Denny's on pace for like five bona fide ten classic movies of yeah. this generation. And he's not slowing down anytime soon because he's just keep going. (laughs) He's basically the director version of Daniel Day-Lewis, who sits in the weeds and waits for his next Oscar uh, and and picks it whenever it comes along. And then he does it. Um, Yeah. Speaking of tens, time to throw out prisoners if you if you haven't seen it. Oh my land, what an underrated movie. That that is one of the best films ever made. 
Yeah, if you want, oh man, there's that, that, I love that movie. That I could watch so that movie anytime. In the Oscars. Yeah, I love that movie. Adore it. But either way, we need to quit talking about other films. I can hear the thumber, thunder rumbling. The thunder roll. Y'all have a good one. Until next time, take it easy. All right. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.